Hello, everybody. Dr. Rick Wallace dropping in on you. Hope everybody is having uh, a great start to the week. Uh, you know me. Uh, no matter what type of week you had last week, no matter how many challenges you faced, no matter how uh, difficult uh, situations may have been, if you're still breathing, you're still in the fight. Um, that has always been my mantra. If you're still breathing, you're still in the fight. You don't quit until you take your last breath. You don't give up. You don't turn around. You don't relent. This is not about a life of ease. This is about commitment, self-discipline, focus, and follow through. Um, it's not about a lot of the ancillary things that many people mentioned that do play a role. But at the end of the day, it's going to be how willing you are to go the distance, how prepared you are to follow through no matter what. And the greater the resistance, the greater reward, greater the reward. Uh, I want you to understand that. Uh, I am actually uh, streaming this on a couple of platforms that I probably norm normally would not stream, stream it on one of which would be the Black Voice. Sometimes I uh, think I have something that I want uh, the community on the Black Voice channel uh, to partake of and share of that's uh, more on an individual level than a collective level, but you have to be strong. Remember, we're only as strong as our weakest link. So everything is directly connected, whether you see it or not. And sometimes I just want to share with them what I'm sharing with others on different channels uh, with the different things that I do. Uh, before I get started on this, I want to remind everyone that I am in the early stages of writing. Uh, we've done the research and I'm in the early stages of writing book number 25, uh, The Black Wealth Project. I'm excited about it um, for a number of reasons. Number one is I think it's absolutely necessary from the perspective, perspective of which I'm writing it, which is a panoramic view of our experience in this country uh, and our desire and our quest to develop generational wealth and all of the things that we've had to endure and go through in, in that uh, and addressing some of the myths uh, such as uh, black laziness and uh, lack of purpose and a bunch of other things. And also looking at some of the things that are a part of our own way of thinking and philosophies and behaviors that haven't served us well, but ultimately moving toward the solution. Uh, I have always made it a point that if we're going to talk about problems, we also must discuss the solutions. There's no benefit whatsoever in discussing a problem without seeking out the solution. Uh, I was sharing with someone who commented on one of the videos on last week uh, that alluded to the fact that that's one of the things they like about uh, my content is that we're approaching solutions. And I just mentioned that as a young child, uh, being reared by my great grandfather, who was also my adoptive father, um, when I came to him with a problem or a complaint, I had to also bring with me what steps I had taken to work toward a solution. He had to see some effort. He had to see that I wasn't simply wallowing in it, complaining about it and not seeking a solution. And that set the course of how I operate. There are going to be challenges in life. There are going to be difficulties. There are going to be struggles. The thing is, 
what are we going to do about it? Are we going to seek the solution? Are we going to complain? Are we going to point fingers of blame? And are we going to sit there and wallow in it? Uh, pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice. Uh, so I wanted to remind people that I'm in the midst of writing that. The other reason that I'm excited about it is book number 25. Uh, I mean, to really just think about it for a while. I mean, no matter how you measure that, I think that's something worth celebrating. Well, anyway, uh, I've created a sponsorship program for those who want to be a part of this project to sponsor space in the book. And when you sponsor space in the book, you're able to have your name published in the book along with a statement of appreciation, a statement that memorializes someone, a statement that celebrates something you've done. Uh, there's no minimum uh, amount to sponsor, 50 cents, a dollar. It's still going to qualify you to have your name in the book. Once you make your sponsorship, I will personally contact you via email to find out what you want printed under your name. Um, those who sponsor $25 or more will actually get a signed copy of the book. Those that sponsor uh, $100 or more will get a dedicated page, meaning that it will be your page to yourself. Uh, those who sponsor $250 in the book will get the dedicated page, plus be able to submit a picture of whoever it is they are uh, acknowledging, memorializing, celebrating, so forth. So if you want to be a part of that and you want to sponsor this project, uh, and at the same time, sponsor space in the book. The information is in the description box. Click the link and make that happen. I am enjoying some of the uh, contributions that I'm getting uh, and some of the things that people are celebrating and uh, people who are uh, people being acknowledged and so forth. I'm excited about that. Now that we got that out of the way, let's talk. One of the things that uh, I learned early in life I would say roughly around age 22 or 23, uh, I started to notice something. It seemed like it took me forever uh, to move through the early, early stages of life to get to 18, so to speak, because 18 was this magical number. Uh, when I get 18, I'll be an adult. When I get 18, I'll be able to do what I want. When I get it, really and truly, when I got to 18, I wasn't anywhere close to being ready, but I got there. And then what I started to notice about age 21, 22, and 23 is, okay, life seems to be moving faster now. It took forever to get to 18, but 25 is rolling up quick. Then came 30. And then it just really set in. Life is not static. Life isn't sitting, sitting still. I'm not in this moment forever. This moment is temporary. No matter what experience, it's temporary. Now, what it did is it brought a level of balance to my thinking. It, 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 on one hand, it said, because it's temporary, I can have a very bad experience. I can make a very bad decision, especially early in life. Very bad de decision. And because it's temporary, I can overcome it by making some good decisions and being committed to following through on those good decisions, I can overcome a bad decision. So I'm never, ever stuck somewhere I don't want to be. On the other side, it says I can make some great decisions and do some unbelievable things, but they only go so far. I have to keep making good decisions. I have to keep moving forward. I have to keep preparing myself to elevate myself and to climb and to move. I cannot keep living off of what I've done in the past. So I've got to keep growing. I've got to keep developing. I've got to keep becoming better. Life is not static. Here's what happens to most people, because most people live only in the now. 
when you live only in the now, all you see is what happens now. So you don't really get the idea that, hey, that's a tomorrow and tomorrow will come with its own challenges. And if I don't deal with today while also preparing for tomorrow, then I'm going to get tomorrow and be just as unprepared as I am about what's going on today. That's called living in survival mode. And there are a bunch of people who live in survival mode and never, ever progress because they're only prepared, only dealing with what's in front of them. They're never preparing with any type of plan of escape. Now, here's the thing. There are a bunch of people, and I, I put a quote in there uh, that said, the mass of men live uh, a life of quiet desperation. What is that? There are so many people out there who wake up every morning and do what they do every day, not because it's what they're passionate about, not it's because it's what they believe their purpose is about. It's because they've created a life of responsibility. And their responsibilities demand that they show up every day and do what's necessary to honor the responsibility. So now they've got all these responsibilities, children, mortgage, car note, blah, 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 blah. And they're not where they want to be. So they wake up every day and they're literally in a state of suffrage because they see no out. They see no way out of it. And the times that they should have actually been moving towards their passion, they were buying into the narrative about this is life. This is life. Go to school, get a degree, get a job for a Fortune 500 company, get high five figures, low six figures, live your life. That's the life. But then you get up there and you find out I'm working for someone else. I'm showing up every day to sit down in a space, most of the time in a cubicle or if it's an office job or whatever the situation is. And I'm there around a bunch of people I really don't even like. And I have to really actually talk myself into it every morning when I arrive at work, whether I arrive via mass transit or I arrive in my car. I've got to literally talk myself into going into this office because I literally don't like my job and I don't like the people I don't like. Then there's this point where at least once a year, they're going to sit me down and they're going to do a performance evaluation and tell me what I should be doing better and why I haven't achieved the level I think I should have achieved in the company. And if I want to do better, I need to improve X, Y, and Z. Or at the very best, they're going to tell me you've done a great job. Here's a 5% raise. And all in all, I'm still not fulfilled. Now, there's a difference in fulfillment and happiness. Happiness is something you should be able to create for yourself in an environment, no matter what goes on, because you're able to shape your idea and thoughts around something. You should be able to find something that is worth being elated about uh, in, in almost anything. If you understand that not, nobody's responsible for your happiness, not even your mate. That's your job, your responsibility. Now, your mate should be able to create a space and an environment in which is conducive to you creating your own happiness. But it's not their job to keep you happy. That's your job. That's your job to find yourself. And to seek it. But a lot of people aren't even fulfilled. When you find fulfillment, you'll find happiness. But you got to be able to understand what fulfills you. You know, the thing is, yes. You got kids, you got to take care of them. Yes, you got a wife, you got to take care of her. Yes, you got a husband, you got, got to be a part of the solution. So you are doing things that are required of you. The thing is, is it fulfilling? See, it, it, it's not what you do. Now, if you are happy in the cubicle, you're literally looking, waking up every morning, excited about going to work and sitting in your cubicle and doing whatever it is you do for your employer and you get fulfillment out of it. I am happy for you because you found your space. And what happens is at some point in time, you're going to find out your value. 
But if you found your space, that's a good place to start because you at least you're doing something you're excited about doing. You wake up every day to do it. You will probably do it for free if you didn't have responsibilities. So you know you're in a good space. Now, eventually you're gonna start to realize if I'm doing this for my boss and and they're paying me this amount, what would happen if I start to actually do it for myself and I created a, an environment to where I could service people in my own space, my own way, with my own passion, I could actually probably do better than what I'm getting paid here and have a lot more control over my life, a lot more flexibility for my family and so much more. But that that's down the road. But the thing is, you're fulfilled. My problem isn't with people who are fulfilled. What my, my problem is with the people who are waking up every day and going to jobs they hate. My job is people waking up in situations at home that they literally despise. I'm talking about people who know that there's something better out there for them, but have accepted that they should have went after it long, long time ago. And now it's too late. I'm talking to you specifically because now what happens when you're young and you don't have any responsibilities before you get married, before you have children, before you got a mortgage, before you got all this other stuff. That's the time you start going after the passion. That's the time because you don't have a whole lot of things that you have to do. So you can literally reduce yourself to the bare minimum to pursue something. But once you get to this point, how do you do it? Well, it's a little difficult, but it can be done. There's no time in your life that you are trapped. You got to understand that there's no time in your life that you are trapped. There's no time in your life that you are looking at something and saying, man, this is what it is. I done got stuck here. You know, I'm married. I got my wife. I got all this stuff. Or if you're a woman, you know, hey, I got all these kids. I got a husband that's dependent on me. I got whatever it is, your single mother, whatever it is, you're not trapped. Don't ever buy the idea that because you have a, you know, oh, but it's a lot more challenging, a lot more difficult to go after what fulfills you now because you do have responsibilities and those responsibilities don't go away. And very rarely will your responsibilities be set on the back burner while you do it. So you're going to have to find a way to do it while. So what does that mean? Well, if the whole thing that has you in a, 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 a sort of cycle is this uh, dead end job, and it could be a bunch of other things besides your job, but it say it's the dead end job. Okay, you got to have the job because the job pays the bills. But so, okay, you say you're on the job for eight to eight and a half hours, nine hours, whatever. Everything after you leave that job has to be focused on where you're going and what you plan on doing and your escape. You have to be planning your escape. You go through life, you, you, you read some of the stories about some of the greatest prison escapes. Most of those were planned for years before they were executed. Just working on, planning on, whatever. Uh, it's no different than escaping the prison of your unfulfilling life. You're not going to sit up and say, one day, you know what? I'm tired of this. I'm just going to do something else. You could do that, but it wouldn't be responsible. It wouldn't be ethical. It wouldn't be moral. It wouldn't be the right way to do it. You got people depending on you. You still got to honor the responsibility of what you've created. But what you have to do is sit up and say, you know what? I refuse to let this be the story of my life. I refuse to let this be the narrative that is written about me. Forget letting someone else write my narrative. Forget giving someone else the pen to write my narrative. I'm going to start writing my own narrative. So what do I have to do? So when I get off from work, now I'm sitting down, I'm planning. Every, every waking moment that isn't at that job is built in me working and planning my way out of what I've created, the, the, the prison I've created for myself. So now I'm planning my escape. Every day I'm sitting up saying, okay, I'm going to do this. It's going to take this. I'm going to invest in this. I'm going to take this. That would have been my vacation, but I'm going to take it off my vacation and I'm going to invest it in this. I'm going to start this right here. I'm going to do this. And, and you're working around it and you and you got to do something that most people don't want to talk about. Nobody, I, I find very few people 
who do what I do that honestly talk about this part of it. So I'm going to talk about it for them. You got to plan for failure. Oh, you're going to plan and you're going to start going and something's not going to go right. Something's going to go wrong. You're going to have some setbacks. I'm telling you right now that one of the biggest things that I'm able to do in my life right now is deal with failure. I got a plan. It's on the tent. Doesn't go through. What are you going to do? Whine, cry, roll over and kick and scream. No. Say, okay, that didn't work. Why didn't it work? What am I going to learn from this? See, Failures are opportunities when you understand them. They're, they're teaching moments. They allow you to discover things about yourself and about life and about the world that you didn't know. Now, what you can do is you can sit up and whine about it. You can complain about it. You can accept it as you not being good enough. And, and a lot of times failure is because at that moment, you're not good enough to do what you're trying to do. But this, again, life is a series of temporary experiences, meaning because I'm good enough, I'm not good enough now does not mean I'm not going to be good enough a year from now. Not good enough six months from now. Not good enough five years from now. It means that I've got to do better. I've got to learn. I've got to learn why I'm not good enough. Where could I improve? How can I improve? My growth has to be intentional. I have to literally sit down and look at it and say, okay, what's step one? Step one is always saying, if I want something, what does it take to have it? Uh, you've heard me say this. I mean, an an innumerable amount of times. Let's leave it like that. You heard me say this. You don't get what you want in this life. You get what you are. So if you don't have it, it's because you haven't become the person capable of creating it. Because if you're capable of creating any, any you still don't have it, it's because you're lazy and unpurposed. And it, then you got to work on that. You got to develop discipline. You got to wake up every morning and put in the work. No work ethic, no results. But if you're working hard and you're pushing and you can't, it's, you haven't gotten there yet. Don't give up. You got to develop yourself. You got to grow in knowledge, grow in skill, grow in approach, grow in the ability to be creative and get outside of the box. Most of the things that you're going to accomplish is because you're going to be willing to get outside of the box that you've lived in for so long that says this is how everything is done. X, Y, Z equals. No. It doesn't have to. You got to get outside of the box. You got to think beyond what everybody else is thinking. If you want something more than what everybody else has, you got to be willing to do the things everybody else isn't willing to do. You've got to be willing to move beyond the boundaries of what has restricted you in the past. So again, here we are. I am not happy where I'm at. What are you going to do about it? I'm not fulfilled in my position. What are you going to do about it? I'm not fulfilled in my relationship. What are you going to do about it? And it doesn't mean you got to leave the relationship. What you've got to discover in relationships is why you're not fulfilled. Why you're not fulfilled. What is it about uh, your relationship that isn't fulfilling? If it's something that can be changed, it's your responsibility to change it because I can guarantee you no matter where you're going, there's going to be something there that needs fixing. There's going to be something there that you have to work on. You're going to have to be ready to make some changes. You're going to have to be ready to to, um, to make some things happen. You are not going to be able to sit up and do anything without making a conscious decision to take action. It's that simple. You are going to have to make sure that you are centered and focused and willing to move beyond the confines of where you at. Where you've been at hasn't worked for you. So what are you going to do about it? You need to grow. A lot of people in relationships is just like, OK, look, you know what? Irreconcilable differences, uh, whether it's a marriage or not. You know, hey, we're not getting along. Whatever. Have you have you really explored why? Have you really explored uh, the depths of what's going on? 
is it how you think? Is it how you approach each other? Is it unrealistic expectations? Is it undiscussed and communicated expectations? How can we work on this? How can we grow this? How can we feel? Because this is what I can tell you. No matter where you go, you're going to have to put in work. There's no perfect situation you just fall into and everything's kings and roses. That whole romanticized idea and notion of relationships is why you have so many failed relationships in the first place. Uh, one of the funniest things I've seen comes from something that's not that funny. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard it, but uh, Dale and Sonia Curry, the parents of Steph and Seth Curry, uh, the NBA players, Dale is a former NBA player. They're going through a divorce and they're both hurling uh, accusations uh, about the other cheating. And supposedly Sonya's cheated for over 20 years and Dale has done some things, whatever. And, and I'm not taking sides and I'm not talking about that. I hate to see any marriage uh, dissolve uh, because marriage is such a powerful institution uh, in the construction of the institution of family, which is imperative. In, in expanding values, interests, and principles and growth in any particular spectrum. But what I what, what, what I found funny was someone's response to the fact that they were getting divorced. And I can't reread all of it. I'm not going to pull it up right now. But a guy came on and he was saying, hey, dude, you don't want to be out here. And he was going through all the reasons why Dale don't want to be out here. Out here is like leaving that to come out here and try to find something else. And, you, and, and, and the truth of the matter is, you don't want to be out there. If you've got somebody and they have a good heart, you, you should be trying to invest and build and work on it and grow it and save it. Uh, same thing with anything. That business may be kicking your butt right now, but there's got to be some way that you can actually do something to grow to, 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 to grow it and develop and save it or to parlay it into something else that will work. This is a process of going and going and going and building and building and building. It's nothing easy. It, it's not about ease. How many times have you heard me say, it's on the other side of pain and fear where everything takes place. You're not gonna get there by taking the easy path. A bunch of you are where you are right now because you took the easy path. You took the path that everybody said would be there. You, 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 you took all the steps, you know, academically, you took all the steps financially, you took all the steps. And now you're in this rut and you don't know how to get out of it. And you're waking up every day empty. You're waking up every day hostile. You're waking up every day frustrated. That's what the quote about men, the, the mass of men, meaning the vast majority of men, and that includes women, live in a place of quiet desperation, waking up every day, going into doing something that they're not fulfilled in, that they're not satisfied with, that literally uh, is almost like committing spiritual suicide. Waking up every day, going and giving yourself to something that does not give back. You're leaving something there and you're getting nothing in return. Eventually, it won't be anything to leave. That's the thing that you have to really, really, truly be uh, understanding and committed to and be willing to make moves. It's not easy. I tell my clients this all the time. We'll get it done. If you're committed We'll get it done and we get it done, but it's work. It's work. It requires an honesty when you're looking inside of yourself to say, you know what? I could have done this. You know what? I shouldn't have done that. Everybody takes these steps. It's nobody out there that just has all the answers. There's nobody out there that does not stumble. There's nobody out there that doesn't look up and go, what was I thinking when I did that? It doesn't happen. And then there are going to be times if you're like me, you're going for it. You go out there and you jump out there and then you realize, I just jumped off of this ledge. 
and look how far it is down. And I don't see on the branches. I don't see. And now you got to figure it out. Sometimes you hit hit the bottom hard. But what it, what happens is when you do that, you, you've actually landed out further than you would have landed if you'd have went the long way around and walked it out. And you get that quicker. It hurts, but you get there a lot quicker than if you had to walk it out the long way around and figure a bunch of stuff out and run into. You get that years quicker. And you have to learn, okay, I'm not going to do it like that, just like that anymore, but I've learned a new move. Me, everything worth having is going to require you to step out in a space that most people are going to look at and say, okay, that's risky. Well, there's absolutely nothing having that you're going to grow yourself in that doesn't require wishes. You're going to risk your time. You're going to risk your heart. You're going to risk your emotions. And sometimes you're going to risk your finances. It's just simply the way it is. Nothing that you're going to risk and lose is not recoverable. But what isn't recoverable is the time that you waste doing something that isn't fulfilling. You never get that back. 86,400 seconds in a day, how you spend it in this life is going to determine the ultimate outcome. You have a series of temporary experiences throughout life that culminate in the end of your life. Uh, that per Someday, if you keep living, you're going to be that person that you see sitting across from you in the restaurant or on the bus or at the red light that's 90 years old, moving a whole lot slower than they moved. That person wasn't born 90 years old. They started out as an infant and they had a bunch of a bunch of temporary experiences that slowly but quicker than they thought moved them to that point of 90. And it's not that th there's nothing wrong with getting to that point of 90. That says that you lived uh, or hopefully you lived, but you at least existed for 90 years. The question is going to be when I get to 90, when I get to 95, when even if I get to 100, will that time be empty for the most part? Or will my life speak well of me? Oh, your life is going to tell some stories about some dumb decisions you made. Your life is going to tell some story about some questionable, questionable moves you make. But in the overall scheme of things, did you come to this place and make an impact on the world? Did you come to this place and make some things happen? Is the world a better place because you were here? Can you look down at 90? Can you look down your generational line and see your impact in the lives of your grandkids, your great grandkids? Can you see how they're going to live and impact the, the generations you won't even see? That's what this is about. Speak power. Think power. Take actions. Plan your escape. If you want help, if you want to work with me, there's a way to reach me in the description box. I have a few slots open for long term. Uh, we have a program going on short term uh, right now. Uh, all that's in there. If you want to learn more, reach out to us and we'll do that. Also, don't forget, you can sponsor a space in book number 25. Man, every time I say that, you know, I get kind of emotional because I know the journey. See, this is what I'm talking about. I know the journey of what it takes to get to 25. I knew how many people turned me down on book one when it came to publishing. You know, it's nothing uh, as a writer more disconcerting to have somebody tell you it was well written. It was well researched. I can see where it will actually have an impact, but we don't have the confidence in your audience that we can actually market and sell that book. So I'm sorry. That was my answer every publisher I went to. 
And what did Rick do? Rick grew into a person who had enough understanding, enough knowledge to create his own publishing company. You know, it didn't come with, you know, I don't get the advances that uh, big time writers get with their publishers, you know, where they can go on a sabbatical and go write for three, four, six months and not have to worry about anything. I don't get that. I have to, I have to still grind it out. I have to produce whatever I need to produce while writing, but that's okay. I now have a mechanism that allows me to research and put it out there. And here's the crazy thing. Right after book number 15, I was contacted by Etlock Publishing to write book number 16, which was The Miseducation of Black Youth in America. That was actually done by another publisher. I still get royalties from that. Book is still in publication. And we have a great relationship. And this came, you know, because I didn't give up. I decided I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because I'm passionate about it. And here I am now at book 25. Uh, so, like I said, if you want to sponsor a space in book 25, click that link, go there, sponsor. Uh, 50 cents to a thousand or whatever you want to do will open up you to sponsor in, in, in different ways. But everybody's going to get their name in the book. Everybody's going to be able to write a paragraph about who they want to celebrate, uh, whether it's uh, someone who is transitioned, whether it's someone they currently are connected to, whether it's themselves. Uh, that's that's the thing. So I just want to put that out there. You guys have an unbelievable day. I am going to get out and move on to the next thing. I have a long day ahead of me. But look, you've got to make a choice to plan and move and take action in your life. Nobody's going to do it for you. Nobody owes you anything. All the assistance you're going to get is going to come after you become committed enough to make moves. You're going to have to be committed enough to make moves. And then you'll start to see the door of um, providence move and open. And, and there comes these things that you couldn't even imagine happening. But it, it starts with you. you got to determine that it's change that you're going to create in your life. Look, on that note, I'm going to get out of here. As I always say, live your life. I live my life on full. So when I leave this place, I'm going to die on E. And in doing so, I'm going to leave a legacy that I can be proud of. I challenge you to do the same thing. On that note, I'm out.